Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hey there, welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. So glad you're here. Today we ask and answer, why does it matter if the Fed raises interest rates? Let's get right to it. All right, so the Federal Reserve Banks, or the Fed, targeting of interest rate levels is one of its tools to control economic cycles and, more specifically, unemployment and inflation. The Fed uses interest rate targets and other tools to manipulate economic cycles. So does the Fed's use of these tools always work? No. That's the short answer. Let me explain. Some would even say that they actually never work, but whether they do or not is debatable. The fact is this. The Fed is here to stay and will always have various levers to pull for adjusting the economy. Let's talk about economic cycles. Economies are driven by boom and bust cycles. These can be mild or severe, as was the case in 2007 or in the 08 Great Financial Crisis. To understand why it matters if the Fed raises interest rates, let's first look at what causes economies to expand and contract. An expanding economy is one that is growing, of course. In an expanding economy, jobs are growing, unemployment is decreasing, people are spending, and GDP is growing as well. At some point, though, the economy peaks and growth begins slowing or can even go negative. Slowing growth doesn't mean the economy has gone into reverse. It just means that there's a still growth. But the rate of change from month to month or quarter to quarter is decreasing. When an economy peaks, everyone is employed, consumers have reached their maximum spending, and GDP is essentially flat. The economy can no longer expand. Within the economy, businesses will likely have raised prices as much as possible. Or, in other words, demand has leveled off. As consumer demand begins declining due to the high prices, prices will eventually decline. At the same time, businesses may start laying off employees because of a lack of demand. During this phase, the economy is said to be in a contraction and potentially going into recession. Eventually, the economy will bottom and then begin expanding again. These cycles are normal for any economy. However, cycles can overshoot, which leads to very high inflation, or undershoot, which leads to a recession, or even depression. So let's take a look at the Fed's role in all of this. The United States didn't always have a Fed system, Federal Reserve Bank. In fact, the Fed was only created in 1913, Woodrow Wilson. Before 1913, the reluctance to create a central bank was due to fear of consolidated power. Instead of a central bank, cities had bank associations called clearinghouses, which played some of the role of a central bank, but on a very local level. Also, the country was on the national banking system from 1863 to 1913, which was a decentralized coalition of banks. The economy has experienced significant stock market panics throughout the United States' history, sometimes followed by economic busts. Some notable stock market panics that led to a decline in economic activity or even a recession were the panics of 1819, 1837, 1857, 1873, and 1893. The straw that broke the camel's back was the Panic of 1907. During that year, the Knickerbocker Trust Company went bankrupt. Panic ensued as bank runs spread across the country. 
However, people weren't able to withdraw their savings because banks didn't have any money. During this period, the stock market fell 50% from its peak. There wasn't a depression following the panic, but some businesses were liquidated. The stock market had recovered nearly all of its loss one year later. It was J.P. Morgan who led the financial system back to stability. However, the country knew it could not depend on a wealthy financier every time there was a panic. This led to the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913. It was composed of 12 Federal Reserve banks and meant to counter the ups and downs of the economy while also limiting inflation. Since 1977, the Federal Reserve has operated under a dual mandate from Congress. It is charged with promoting maximum employment, stable prices, and moderating long-term interest rates. How has the Fed done its job? Well, we did have the Great Depression in the early 1930s, although the Fed was successful in putting down runaway inflation in the late 1970s. Many say the Fed saved the U.S. world financial system from collapse during the Great Financial Crisis, GFC. Starting with the GFC, we see the Fed using quantitative easing for virtually every crisis going forward. But how powerful of a tool are interest rates for the Fed? Why does the Fed raise or lower rates? When the economy is overheating, the Fed raises interest rates to slow it down. An overheating economy is one that is full employment, experiencing increasing inflation, and growing GDP. The Fed will try to slow down an overheating economy because credit is also loose, which means businesses can take on too much debt. As well, inflation can get out of control. By increasing interest rates, borrowing slows down. This trickles into the economy as credit contracts. It also has the effect of reducing inflation. Increasing interest rates leads to a slowing economy, but can also result in a recession. On the other side of the coin, the Fed will lower interest rates to stimulate economic growth. Reduced interest rates expand credit as businesses can borrow at lower rates. Where does that leave the current economic environment? In the current economy, what does raising rates mean? There is a lot of debate if the economy is strong and can maintain its growth or fragile and needs more stimulus. The Fed is still dumping massive amounts of stimulus into the financial system at the rate of $120 billion per month. That's $40 billion more than during the GFC. On top of that, the government is stimulating the economy through direct checks to taxpayers and various fiscal programs, such as the infrastructure program. Interest rates are extremely low, which is in line with the goal of growing the economy. If we take the side of those who believe the economy is getting hot, it may be time to raise interest rates. Those who say the economy is getting hot point to the 5.4% unemployment rate as of July, the fact that there are many job openings that people aren't filling, GDP growth, and the stock market at all-time highs. Raising interest rates will start curtailing lending. So, you know, as we talked about a little bit earlier, a decline in lending can start to slow down an economy. Mortgage rates are also very low, which is one reason why house prices are so high. Raising interest rates will increase mortgage rates and slow the rate of increase in house prices. Looking at the other side of the rate-raising argument, retail sales are slowing, consumer sentiment is declining, many small businesses haven't come back, and the economy remains propped up mainly on stimulus. 
Taking aware stimulus or increasing rates will crash the economy, the argument goes. So, the ultimate question, (laughs) what will the Fed do? The general consensus is that the Fed will begin tapering its bond-buying program this year. That means reducing the $120 billion in bond and mortgage-backed security MBS purchases. That isn't raising interest rates, but it can cause mortgage rates to rise as MBS purchases by the Fed directly impact mortgage rates. The Fed is expected to ultimately raise rates in late 2022 or early 2023. It will mainly depend on where unemployment and the economy are at that time. If growth has gone into reverse by then, it is likely that the Fed's bond-buying program will be back in full force and that rates will not be increasing anytime soon. That is our show for today. I hope it was helpful. I know this is a very loaded topic to try to cram into a 10-minute podcast, but if you want to dig a little bit deeper, you can take a look at this article at thecollegeinvestor.com. Just type in the same name as the podcast in the search bar. You'll find it. Thanks so much for stopping by today, and we will talk to you again real soon.